Hello and welcome back to the One Goal U.S. Soccer Podcast. As always, George, we'll start how we always do it. How you doing? I'm doing absolutely great. Champions League back on their TV screen, so obviously a lot of soccer to watch, and I couldn't be happier. Yeah, man, let's actually start there and talk some Champions League. I guess the first thing that comes to mind for me is we had Pulisic, Dest, and Horvath all starting. And crazily enough, the only goal came from Ethan Horvath on a tough own goal that was on a rocket from Dayon Lovren. And Adams and Reyna came off the bench with the Reyna and Holland connection. Not surprising us, hits once again. So let's start with Ethan Horvath. I mean, for me, I'm genuinely happy for the guy. And I, I can't say more than that. But the question I have for you is, do you think if he emerges as a starter, is he ahead of Matt Turner? Like, how do you rank that? I think right now that's not necessarily something we need to worry about too much. Simon Mignolet is probably going to come back because these guys who get coronavirus seem to bounce back after a week somehow. So Simon Mignolet is going to come back and be the starter. So I don't think the dialogue should become, oh, is Ethan Horvath becomes a starter? Does he push ahead or whatever? We should just be happy for him in the moment right now. We should be appreciative of what he was able to do yesterday and what he can do in the next couple of games if he gets that shot. But any further discourse needs to be saved until he hopefully moves and becomes a starter at a different club. All right, fine. Let's save it for another time. But, you know, I am just genuinely happy for the guy. You saw how much it meant for him. It's been a tough almost a year for him at Club Bruges. And like you said, hopefully this does kind of push him to get a move because he showed that he's at least capable. You know, I'm not saying he's going to push for the number one position in the U.S., but he's fine at worst, you know. So I, I really like to see that. I guess the next talking point I also have is Christian Pulisic. You know, we saw him start with Chelsea against Sevilla, which was encouraging, but he was starting on the right wing. Do you have any thoughts on that? Do you want to air your grievances with Frank Lampard? I think right now it's clear that Mason Mount is the odd man out in that Chelsea attack. I think we know that. Chelsea fans know that. And for some reason, it seems like possibly Frank Lampard doesn't. But we can just give him the benefit of the doubt because Ziyech is still coming back from injury. And so eventually when Ziyech does regain full fitness, he's going to slide in on the right. Pulisic will play on the left and all be good in the world. But obviously Pulisic is a versatile attacker and that can hurt him in a sense, which is why we have seen him play on the right these past two games. So I wouldn't read too much into it. If for some reason ZH does come back and let's say they put ZH down the middle, average down the left and Pulisic down the right, and they had that full attacking complement and he's outright, then that's where the concern is. But right now he's the versatile guy in that attack. So that's the reason why he's getting pushed out of position. Yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying. To me, it's just kind of annoying because it's like, dude, he's arguably your best attacker right now. Like, Havertz, obviously, he's a great playmaker in his own right, but play your best player or one of your best players in their best positions. You know, I don't understand the fascination with Mason Mount. He doesn't really do anything for me. And I, I don't know. It just really pisses me off. I'm like, dude, come on. Like, he's the best on the left wing. He drew two yellow cards yesterday, and you could see how legal he was. And, like, Chelsea had, like, a .43, like, X expected goals like obviously it wasn't a great game all around they look horrible as a team but I don't know I was I was just really upset about it I was just like dude come on like this is a pretty straightforward thing why why are we trying to force Mason Mount to have playing time when it's clear that wouldn't she want the best Pulisic instead of trying to figure out a way to play Mason Mount there's just so many things that we try and read into too much and Mason Mount clearly I think Chelsea fans know it we know it his time in the starting lineup is going to run out at some point. And when Chelsea signs Ziyech, when they signed Havertz, when they signed Werner, the way to compliment them all, Pulisic, was Werner up top, Pulisic down the left, Ziyech out right, Havertz behind Werner at the 10. 
So if we see those four playing and Pulisic is on the, not on the right, then that's when we can have some discourse. But right now, he's on the field. He himself is getting back to the game. He's playing well. He's getting his touches back. And we will see him on the left wing soon enough. Yeah, no, I definitely hope so. I think you're right. But, you know, it is nice to see him doing well, looking fit, and just back to his his good old push itself. But I just wanted to make sure he's playing in the right position. But I want to switch up now and go to a different subject. We have some dual national panic. Sebastian Soto. I don't know if you saw this. Actually, you did see it. You sent it to me on Instagram, but I saw it before. Uh, it was Sebastian Soto talking about he's 50-50 between choosing the U.S. and choosing Chile. And so I want to first say that I, I'm kind of confused because he was going to get that March call up and that March kind of didn't happen. Greg Berhalter explicitly said, you know, we want to help him get that UK work permit. We are understanding where he is, but just looking at our striker pool right now, obviously there's not anyone outside of Josh Sargent and Josie Althador, even although in Josie Zardes, like Sargent and Altor to me are the top two, like clear guys. And that third spot is open, but I don't think Soto is really in that conversation quite yet. So to me, it's kind of annoying as a U.S. soccer fan and someone that says, we've made a consistent effort to this point, and yet it's still not enough. So just give me your thoughts on the Sebastian Soto dual national panic. And like, I, I don't know how to feel, man. Yeah, I think that that interview he had, I just found it a bit odd, just the way the way he was talking, the way he was going about it. He obviously had like a sly smile on his face, almost like, you know, every every team in the world wanted him. And I'm and I love Sebastian Soto. I think he's honestly probably one of the best striking projects we do have. And if he is locked in this decision, if he, it is 50-50, like he says, I want him to choose a U.S., no doubt about it. But just the way it was coming across was almost as if he had spent a significant amount of time with both national teams. It was as if Chile had been tracking him since he was 12 years old. It was as if Chile is the one that sent him to the U-20 World Cup. It was as if Chile is the one that put him fast-tracked into the U-23s and was going to call him up in March. It was like they were equals. It was not, uh, yes, I played for the U.S. growing up, but I see Chile as an option too. Like he said, it was 50-50. He was having fun with it. He's like, oh, whoever calls, whoever calls. So I definitely found that interesting. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, he will choose the U.S. If he doesn't, I'd be shocked. Not only do I think he chooses the U.S., I think he gets called up in November if that camp does happen. And hopefully he makes his first cap. So we'll see what happens to Bastian Soto. Like I said, I, I'm going to try. I guess that's the theme of today, not reading too much into things. I'm going to try not to read too much into that interview because I have a good feeling he's still with us. I'm going to read into it a little bit, if you don't mind. He did say this one thing where he, they asked him like the, about the Chilean passport. And he said, like, no, but we're in the process of getting one. And that little note right there kind of struck me in a weird way. I was like, okay, you don't have it now. And you're going to all these lengths to get this Chilean passport. Are you just teasing the U.S. to say you're going to switch? And quite frankly, I, I don't know why he would switch. Like, you look at the Chilean national team. Vidal's on his way out. Alexis Sanchez, not the player he used to be. Gary Vidal's on his, like, not even on the team anymore. Like, the Chilean national team, their time is almost passed. And if you look at their current roster, like, they're kind of very low in the South American uh, hierarchy. Now, they're not where they used to be. And I'm not saying that they're trash, but... I, I would definitely argue, and I don't even know if it's an argument, that our future is set up much better than Chile's is. So I don't understand why there's such a rush right now for him to switch his national team allegiance. Like, why, why not just keep your options open and say you're with the U.S. for now and say, okay, you know, maybe down the line. 
it's something I will consider. But it's not a Jonathan Gonzalez situation, like you said, where we haven't paid attention to him. Like we've done everything we need to do, and yet it's still not enough. So I don't, I just don't understand it, quite frankly. Like, what? Wh- why would you <laughs> put me if pretend well, you're? Well, in. I will say for Jonathan Gonzalez, do not give him credit. We did pay attention to Jonathan Gonzalez. Jonathan Gonzalez it was in Mexico who did not pay attention to Jonathan Gonzalez. Gonzalez, USA played a lot of attention to him. He was with the U15s, U16s, U18s, and then he decides to switch up and, you know, look at how things are going now. So, but like, what's the rush? Like, what? You're 20, 20 years old, right? Like, what? Why? If you if you're in his shoes, like, what? What? What's the rush? Why are you? Why are you making? Why are you trying to stir the pot now? Exactly, and, and I liken it to the Julian Araujo situation, and that one I kind of understand. There's a lot of right backs his age coming up. And if he wants competition, he can stick to USA. But if he goes to Mexico, he probably becomes, you know, their prize prospect at that position. But then you look at Sebastian Soda and you were saying you have Zardes who's getting up there in age, Altidore who's up there in age, and then you have Josh Sargent at three options. So you look at our look at our national team, Sebastian Soto, probably along with Jeremy Obobise and maybe Daryl DK are top U23 options. And our top U23 options at this point our top national team options. That should encourage you. When it comes to U.S. striking pool, you are probably one 10-goal season away from being the starter. Simple Definitely. as that. Yeah, I want yeah, to throw Giochini also to that list. Like, I just, yeah, exactly. There's not, there's no one who's been separated from that list other than Josh Sargent, and yet we still question his ability. Not his ability, but we question if he'll reach his ceiling. It just doesn't make sense to me. I'm like, dude, come on. Like, you, If you really want to go to Chile this bad and you're teasing the U.S. this much, like... I hate to say it, but like, dude, go for it. Make the run. If you really think that's for you, I don't understand why you think that. It's not like we haven't given you opportunities. Like, it's not like we haven't tried to help you. Like, Greg Werfter literally said we want him to get this UK work permit. We we're gonna call him in in March. Like, I I cannot confirm that, but I will tell you, I have heard that as sure as possible without seeing the actual list that he was on that roster. And if, if there wasn't a pandemic, would we be having this discussion? You know, he said, I just want the first call up. Like, I, can you tell, can you see how I feel about this? I'm, I'm kind of charged. No, yeah, I completely understand it. And so I think it's one of those things where maybe he's just trying to, you know, tease a little bit, have fun with it. He's 20 years old. Like I'm completely fine with that, which is why, like I said, not going to reach much into it. If he decides to choose USA, we shouldn't be, oh, but you were out, you're saying 50-50 Chilean passport. You know, what's right. you for even entertaining the idea? Like, you never know how it is in this household. You don't know how big of Chile fans he was growing up. You don't know how big the culture is. Maybe if Chile had come when he was 13, 14 years old, he would have done it. You never know what background someone truly comes from, and you don't know what that call is going to mean, mean to them. So... Like I said, we're just going to have to see what happens with that. So I think we can wrap there on our dual nat talk and our little Champions League recap. I do want to welcome in Uli Lainez, who will join us from the Netherlands. He is on loan from Wolfsburg, grew up in the LA Galaxy Academy, made his first debut with the U.S. national team last January in the January camp, scored against Costa Rica and all that good stuff. So without further ado, here's our interview with Uli Lainez. People say Uli, people say Yuli. So which one is it? Honestly, it doesn't even really matter to me. It's just like, it sounds the same to me. So if you had a preference. It's Uli. It's Uli, but honestly, when people say it, it's just, you know, it's, you know, it sounds the same to me. So, okay. So uh, if, it's Uli, if it's Uli, we're going with Uli. We, we yeah, want to right. pronounce everyone's name right. All right, guys. But just so everyone knows, whoever's listening, it's Uli. Uli. Not it's Uli. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to set it straight for you. We'll make sure it happens. Don't worry. Okay, perfect. Perfect. 
anyway, so like the first time a lot of people got an introduction to you, I remember this was years ago. It was that team. It was you, Alex Mendez. I think Zuzu was there, Charlie Anguiano. Yeah. I remember seeing the video. You guys just knocking the ball around probably around like nine years old, just absolutely killing teams. What was it like in that environment just when you're first starting to play and just having all these guys around you? Honestly, you don't even really think about like, oh, like this player's good, this player's good because honestly, we were young and it was just like, that team was just unbelievable. Everyone was good. I felt like the defend the defenders were good. The midfielders were good. It's like, you don't see until you get older. I watched the video at least 10, 25 times or something like that. But it's just like, it's like, it's crazy to me because it's like, wow, we we're at this age and it's just like, we're playing like Barca, you know, it's like, we just kept the ball, kept the ball. The way we play, it was just, it was unbelievable. But playing with like, Alex, Charlie, Misa, everyone, it was just, it felt, it, it felt like, I don't know, it's just, it just felt good, you know? Fun soccer, the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, too. yeah, it's like, you don't, you don't really see it at a young age until you, like, get older, and you're just like, wow, we were that young, and we were playing like this, you know? So, but yeah, it was just fun, it was exciting, and yeah, it was just, it was, it was a good experience. We'll go, let's go back to, like, the Galaxy Academy days, and, you know, uh, you're, you're gonna you're bring up bring those days back yeah so, yeah galaxy academy right you, you were one of the stars and you get this move to wolfsburg like what when you hear that wolfsburg's interested in you like what's going through your mind honestly it was just i'm not gonna lie to you though that that's that whole situation was just stressful because it was yeah. just like should i stay home should i go out of the country what are the pros and cons if i stay here in Ga- galaxy where the pros and cons if i go to Wolfsburg. So it was just a lot going on in my head. It was stressful for me. It was stressful for my family. And honestly, it was just a decision that I had to make. You know, it was like, what is going to be better for my career? What's going to be better for my future? Like that whole situation was just stressful. But I made the decision to like go to Wolfsburg because I know going to Europe, most players go to Europe to get a better future. So that's one of the reasons why I went to Wolfsburg. It was hard the first couple of months because of I missed my family, friends, language, everything was just new to me. And there was a point, like the first two weeks, I wanted to, I, I wanted to go back home. I, I was telling myself I should go back home. I think this is not for me, you know. But I told myself I would always talk to myself. I don't know if that's weird. I would just talk to myself. I'm like, my family has worked so like so hard. They sacrificed so much for me. What what is coming out here gonna do? You know, like they sacrifice, like missing work just to take me to training, like so much. So it was like, you know what? Let's see how, like, coming to Europe and like everything works. You know, like let's see how it goes. You mentioned the challenges. Like obviously it must have been tough. Like you said, the language barrier. But in terms of, like the tactical difference, what did you notice was the biggest thing? Like your first training session. Honestly, it was just like everyone. Like everyone was just huge. So like I I walked in and I'm just like okay he's huge, he's big, he's fast. So it's like and I look at myself because everyone's like cut, everyone's like has like you know like six packs and I'm just looking at myself like <laughs> like, oh, like I need I need to work out you know I need I need a guy I need to get like them. So I wouldn't work out in the gym. So I'm like I had weights in my in my apartment. Mm. So I'm like I don't like when people look at me when I work out. So I'm like you know what I'm gonna just work out when I go home. So there would be uh, I would play Fortnite. So I play Fortnite with Alex Riching. You guys remember we would go on, we would stream. Oh, yes. and just, there would be days where I would play, and then I'm like, all right, we if we if we die, 
I'm doing I'm doing a set right now. So it's like my sets were 50 sit-ups, 25 push-ups, and then um I think it was like 15 curls. Okay. And then I like I had to do them quick because you know how Fortnite always and if I want to do more, I'll just do more, but it was, was it, usually three sets. Was that like a personal regimen that you did or was that like with the training staff? No, no, just me. Nice. Just so a motivated I, guy. Yeah, because it just like I would look at my I would look at the players and I'm just like, wow, these guys are big, you know, they're like they're fast or strong so i'm just like you know what? i need to start working out i want to you know i want to at least get like my body cut and then i remember at the world cup people were saying i ate another me or something like that and i was <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't look at it i was telling myself I was like i don't see like any difference but yeah i mean the the football here is really good too like everyone's technical everyone's like fast everyone thinks fast so it's like every everything is so much different than back home you talked about the world cup and you're talking about big guys so that france game when you saw zagadu six foot five what are you thinking <laughs> honestly when i when i saw him because we were staying in the same hotel so there would be time when we see him and i'm looking at him like how can you be a 99 <laughs> so i'm just telling myself so i'm like ah but you know what like we we could beat him you know like we I, I know we can so but in my head i'm just telling myself these are big guys these are really big guys. They're big, fast, strong. So I'm just telling myself, wow. At the end of the day, we ended up winning versus France. So it was good. When you guys played France, like, were you nervous going into it? Like, like, were you, how would you, what was the team's, like, mentality? Honestly, everyone was nervous because it's like, okay, everyone played uh, first team football. He plays here. He plays there. You know, everyone was just thinking about it. But uh, at the same time, everyone was like, Everyone was like motiv- motivated. Everyone was like ready. Like nobody was scared once the whistle blew. Who's gonna win in the final whistle? You know, it's like. And then that's what that's what uh, I saw when like the first ten minutes. Like no one was scared. Everyone just played just to play, looking to win, and we'll just and we're just like ready. And then once it was like one zero, one one, two one. That's when it was like okay, like we're getting. We're, it's like getting a little little nervous, you know. And then we ended up winning three two, and that's when everyone was like, you know what, like if we could be friends, we could do more you know we, we we were nervous because it, it was a way um because uh, um a lot of how like we were the, the underdogs versus them they were like uh like friends to win it all you know yeah yeah so we were like they would tell us like oh he plays here he plays here this how many minutes how many first team minutes he has and then we're just like ah, like you know but honestly we once the whistle blew it was like who's who's more hungry you know because it's like do you think like for you that moment it was a good moment in terms of like now when you when you make your debut like with here in veen you're kind of like you know what i i've done things like this before like i i am still comfortable honestly me as a player i feel like when it comes to games i don't get nervous i just play like okay if i lose the ball okay that's on me but at the end of the day i'm gonna try to win the ball back as fast as i can but for me it's like as a winger it's like if i attack and i beat my players like okay Beat him again. Beat him again. Beat him again. Because at the end of the day, my my role is just to create, create, cross, one two in my nine. Try to shoot. Guy, try to get something off. You know, so it's like what I've always had in my head is like you're a winger. You know, if you if you attack, you attack. You, you just have to attack. Just go, no matter what. Like if you lose the ball, okay, try to win it back. If you do something, okay, do it again. So it's like I don't know. And how I play is just. I don't have any fear. Just play. So going going off of that, you know, you talk about the way you like to play as a winger. For the U20 World Cup, you know, you're for the most part coming off the bench. So what was it like, you know, 
60, 70th minute, you're out there on the touchline. You see the outside backs getting tired. You know, you kind of get that excited to know, like, I'm going to run these guys to the ground for the next 20, 30 minutes. No, that's, like, that's, that's my favorite, honestly. It's like, okay, like, they're tired. It's like, okay, let's see what I can do, you know? Like, go down the line. If not, my left back runs for me, and I play him ball in behind. So it's like, we could do a lot. So it's like, when I see a defender that's tired, that's my favorite. I could just attack, just go, and let's see what I can, like, create. Like, it's just, I it brings joy into me when I see, like, when defenders get tired. Because, like, okay, it's my time to shine. I know what I'm going to do. And obviously, so U20 World Cup, we talked a lot about it. But just in general, what, what's been your favorite moment playing for the youth national teams? What's kind of the experience that sticks out? Obviously, the France game was big. So, I guess another one other than the France game. Honestly, just playing, just going to the World Cup. Because, you know, being left, I got left out of the U17 World Cup. So that was one of the one of the biggest heartbreaks for me because I felt like before the the World Cup, the camps before the World Cup, I felt like I deserved to be in that, that roster. But, you know, it, it didn't happen. Um, uh, the coach already had his um, his guys. So it was like, okay, my, I'm not going to let this affect me. We just keep working, which is hopefully I'm going to work and hopefully I go to the U20 World Cup. Yeah, so you've gone from you're the last cut U17 World Cup you go to U20 World Cup playing two age groups up. And then obviously we have to talk about this January. You got that first national team call before you even play a senior game. You cap it off with the goal. Just what, what was that moment like just between getting called up the camp and then obviously the game? Honestly, it's a, it was a big moment for me because I know that's every kid's dream getting called up to the men's team, you know, just getting called in men's team, seeing like how they, how they play, how the co- coaches are, what they do, like what they do on the daily. It's like, you like get, you get that experience, you know? And when we played against Costa Rica, it was just, it was just a good moment for me because it was home, you know, it was a stadium that I always dreamed of playing. I've always dreamed of playing there ever since I was uh, with the galaxy. So, you know, it's like, even like if we had a friendly just playing in that stadium, you know, like I just, but like getting it with the men's team, it was just like a even better accomplishment, you know, because my friends were there, my family was there, and it was just a good experience, you know. It was just one of the best moments, probably for me and for my family. Take take me through your emotions when you, when you when you scored your first goal, and obviously, like you said, you had your whole family there. Like I, I remember, like the the broadcast was talking so much about like your entire family was there. Like how many family members were there, and just like what was that like? Family, and then it was all my cousins. My mom invited um, her workers from work. I invited my best friend. I invited some like friends from uh, from middle school. It's like I invited a lot of people. And then I remember after the game, there's a picture. Um, there's a picture of my family posting. It's like there's like at least 50, 50 people there, 70 people. I don't know. There was a lot of people. And it was just like, you know, I, I've worked so hard to get to this moment, you know. It's just like and then scoring in front of my family, friends and family. It's just... I can't explain the the emotion I I feel, you know, but it was probably one of the best moments. Probably I still even think about it today. To this day, I watch the I watch the the videos. I watch my goal, and I'm just like, wow, like you know, I scored in front of my family in my in the stadium. I always dreamed of playing, you know. I mean, going going off of that though, it's an an honest question. How does an 18 year old take a penalty kick in their debut? How how did you get that ball in your hand, put on the spot? Okay, so honestly, I've always been told, you know what, like. Just go get the ball. Like, you know what? If it's not your foul, just go get the ball and then, like, try to, like, talk to them and tell them, like, you know what? Like, let me take it, you know? Like, 
in training, I'm always taking PKs. I'm I'm probably I'm a good PK take. I'm a good PK taker, you know. And I, for some reason, I was just confident. I was like, you know what? If I miss, I miss. But at the, at the, in my head, I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna score. Like I I don't know. I was just it was just crazy because I I was just confident, and they look they saw that I was confident to shoot the PK, and they just gave it to me. I like the confidence. I definitely do. Speaking about the national team, obviously we have like that potential November camp coming up. Have you been in contact with Greg Berhalter? Are you anticipating that call? Me here and there, just to see like how's everything going. But no, he doesn't. They don't really say anything about like if I'm going to the national team, uh, the camp in November or anything like that. Is that a call you're hoping to get though? Yeah, of course. Um, ho- hopefully I get called. Um, that's always a good opportunity for me and and for everyone else. But yeah, hopefully. I get the the call and get get the experience again, and hopefully I get some minutes in there, and we'll just see how everything goes. I guess going back to you know national team going to Europe, Wolfsburg now has a good American contingent. Obviously, John Brooks was there. You have Kobe and Brian who just came. So, what's that kind of community been like when you came? Did John kind of you know talk to you, give you some pointers here and there? No, he didn't reach out to me because when I first got there, it was like he didn't even know I was there. But I remember when, like, preseason started, he knew who I was for some reason. I was, like, shocked. So it was funny because um, there was this one place um, called Vapiano, and it's like a, a pasta place. So he, we um, after a game versus Hoffenheim, we lost 5-1, and I was, I was mad. We got back home, and Michael Edwards um, was with um, John Brooks. So John Brooks told Michael, like, hey, invite Uli to come eat with us. So he invited me, and then we went to go eat, and then we were just talking about, like, the World Cup, like how he's been with the na- like national team, how long has he been with the national team. Like, we were just talking about everything like that. But when I trained with the first team, he would be like a coach to me. He would tell me, like, just go, you know, don't be scared. So it was like he he, he would help me, you know. Even if, even if I was in his, uh, against him, he would tell me, like, just go, come at me. Like, beat me to the right, beat me to the left. Like, he would talk to me during, like, the sessions. I'm glad to hear that. That's great leadership. So, I'm also curious, you know, like, everyone talks about that U20 World Cup team you were part of. And Zach Steffen said this thing about, like, culture and how there wasn't a culture in U.S. soccer. Do you feel like John reaching out to you and your group, do you feel like there's a sense of culture now in U.S. soccer that's kind of stronger than it was before? I feel like we're more of a family now than before. I feel like before it was just, okay, we have a group of players, we have a group of players, we'll see what we can do with these players. I feel like now it's more like everyone's together. Everyone's like, you know what, like keeping in touch with each other. Like, how are you doing? Like, how is training with, like, how's your team doing? Like everything It's just, I don't know. I feel like it's more compact, it's more together. I feel like everyone's just like a family. It's like a brotherhood. I feel, like it's much, I feel like it's much closer now than it was before. I love to hear that. Definitely love to yeah. hear that. I mean, you, you talk about the brotherhood, obviously here at Wolfsburg. You get the loan of Heron Veen. The whole Fortnite crew is now in the <laughs> Netherlands together. So obviously they're definitely happy you're there. But how did how did that loan move come about? Honestly, I it was just last minute as well. It was just, you know, how did it happen? It was just, you know, I came for uh, it was after training that my agents told me they they told me, look, we might have a loan for you, but we have to see what Wolfsburg is gonna gonna want to do because at the moment Wolfsburg didn't want to loan me out but they ended up working something out they they said you know what okay it'll be good for Uli he's gonna get playing if he's gonna be getting playing time okay we'll do the loan and that's when everything happened but honestly I was happy I got the loan because I know getting professional minutes would help me when I get back to Wolfsburg 
but we'll just see how everything goes and yeah I'm look I'm I'm honestly just looking forward to the season. So tell me like how, how's it been going so far? Like what's what's the biggest difference? What have you enjoyed in general? How's it been going? Honestly, I, I I love it here. I remember when I first came, they treated me like if I was already part of the team. Like if I was like, you know, like everyone was messing with me already. Like they just, I just felt like I was home, you know. And yeah, it's just been good. Sometimes training's been hard because it's just like hard to adapt to see like what the coaches want. Like how does he want me to play? How does he want me to press and everything like that? But it's hard to like adapt to like the team. But I know at the end of the day, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get used to it. That makes sense. But also, like, you know, one thing in the Netherlands they have is, like, those two-a-day practices. Is that a big difference for you in terms of, like, coming from Germany and dealing with that? Uh, Yeah, because I feel like the only difference between the two-a-days is always we're here in Herving, we We're here the whole day. Because in Wolfsburg, you, we had training in the morning, then you can leave in the afternoon, uh, after training in the afternoon, then come back later on in the day. But here, it's like we're here the whole day. Say we have doubles, we have training. We have to be here at 8.45. Uh, training at 10, lunch at 12, and then training again at 2.30. So we don't leave. We just stay here the whole day. That's great. The grind. But, yeah. So it's like, that, honestly, I like it because it's like, okay, I mean, I, if I was home, I'm not going to be doing anything. So I'd rather, do, I'd rather just stay here and just you know, hang, be with the team, you know? You're going to the gym with the team now. Are the guys just as big in the Netherlands as they are in Germany? No, people in Germany are way too big. The Germans are way too big, so that's something I have to give them. All right, well, that's good. So hopefully it's a little bit better for you in the gym. We like that. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, feel, so, I, feel, I feel more, you know, I feel, I feel buff, you know? It's good. I like to hear that. I like to hear that. Yeah, so you're, you're getting used to everything. You've been there now. Everything's, you know, kind of getting in there. You've played in one game. but So just in terms of the season, what are your goals? What are you looking forward to? What, what, what do you want to hit? Me, personally, I want to become a regular starter here, even though I'm only here for a one-year loan, but... Um, I've been doing, I've been doing doubles on my own, just after training, just sprints, just try to do sprints, just try to get fit. Cause I haven't played a game in over eight, six months, seven months, and I'm not like match fit. So I told the the guy that does the warm ups to help me get fit. You know, like let's do sprints after, after training just to get fit. And yeah, it's just, um, my goal is just to be a regular starter here. Like that's one of my main goals do you have any like tangible like goal goals or assist numbers you want to reach or are you just like i want to be on the team i want to put it in just i don't know i have no clue i feel like my goal is probably like seven goals or like something like that seven goals five assists i don't know okay. all right we're gonna hold you to it we're gonna come back <laughs> i mean if, if you're on the field the goals and assists are gonna come exactly yeah, you know, you <laughs> gotta see how it goes you know all right we're gonna we're gonna we'll have you come back on at the end of the season and we'll, we'll check back in. All right, sounds good. Sounds good All right, to me. Perfect. perfect. But I'm, I'm also curious, you know, talking about the national team, obviously you were with the Mexico national team at one point. What does it mean mm-hmm. for you, like, being a Latino player and, like, wearing that American crest? Because there's not a lot of, like, Latino representation in the na- in the senior national team at this point. I mean, yeah, you know, it's a, I'm, it's, I'm, I'm honored, I'm blessed to, like, represent my country because um, I was born in America, you know, I have Mexican roots. But, yeah, it, it feels good to represent a country that I was born in, so... Um, yeah, hopefully I could just keep keep going and keep getting the opportunities and make my my country proud. You know, I guess we have a couple we have a couple fun questions. Uh, one of the questions we always ask is in five years, like where do you see yourself? Oh, that's a good question. Personally, I I I see I want to play in I want to be in Spain. That's like one of my main goals. 
So hopefully in five years I'm in Spain somewhere, or if not in Spain somewhere, just somewhere else in Europe, you know, with a big okay. club, a big club. But that that's uh, that's only gonna start well off of hard work, you know, like how am I doing with the season, with the team. So we'll just see how everything goes. How often are you in contact with Wolfsburg about like your loan spot? Are they talking to you? Like how's it going? Any tactical breakdowns and like that? Nah, they don't. They don't really um text me like that. But they did say they're gonna watch uh, a lot of the games just to see how I'm doing, like just to see, you know, if he's ready when I come back and everything like that. So uh, we'll just see how everything goes. But they did say they're going to come watch a couple games and all that. So looking forward to it. What's the best song on your pregame playlist? I have a lot, honestly. I'm not going to lie to you. What's like your What's your genre that you go with? Like, how my, do you... my two main ones that I listen to before a game are uh, Little Baby. Um, okay. One is Reality and then um, To The Top the top is because the way um and that's where i want to be you know i want to try to make it to the top like i'm not there yet i'm not even nowhere near to the top but i know like when i listen to that it just it, it just reminds me of like where i'm where, I, where i'm from you know just like just like the background like how i was ra- how i was raised where like what i've seen so you know there's a there's a big uh like timetable for u.s soccer you have the uh olympics coming up Right. And then we have like Gold Cup and World Cup qualifiers. Is there like any in particular you're looking at as like, oh, that's where I want to see myself? Honestly, I'm looking forward to all of them. I'm looking forward to hopefully I get called to the men's team when the Gold Cup qualifiers with the 23s. If not, then to the Olympics, because I'm pretty sure everyone wants to qualify to the Olympics and go to the Olympics. And looking forward to my U20 World Cup. Um, you know, hopefully I get to go to all of them. If I can go to all of them, hopefully I go to like a good and either the U23s or the, the World Cup. So I'm looking forward to whatever comes, and we'll just see how everything goes. I have to ask, have you seen your rating? My, oh, yeah, I'm a 65. It's actually a, it's actually a 64. I hate to be that guy. That's been one of my, like, childhood dream to be in FIFA. So to see myself, I don't even care about the rating right now. Once, like, you know, later on in the future, we'll, like, if I'm doing well, that's when I'm going to have to, like, you know, Talk to FIFA, you know, like this is not this is not a good rating. I need I need to be higher. My week for right now for for sixty four is good. It's like four star. I told myself yeah. I, could, I could you know what I could deal with this three star skill moves. Okay, I'm good with this. Only sixty three PK. So clearly they didn't watch the Costa Rica game, but yeah, so it happens. You know, it's gonna go up. It's probably gonna be higher than Ronaldo one of these days. I like that confidence. I do. I'll, I'll make you a deal. Once you get that gold card, I'll buy the new FIFA. I'll make I'll make that happen. All right, perfect. You said it. Well, we're hoping you kill it as well. I got the ESPN Plus subscription, so we'll be watching. We do not- perfect. Thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. And again, best of luck with the season. We'll be watching. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. I want to thank Uli for his time and here in Vima setting up the interview. It was a pleasure talking to him. I wish him nothing but the best this season. Obviously, it has been a tough start, but as we can tell, his head is in the right place. And I think eventually things will start to work out for him. George, you have any thoughts on our interview with Uli? Yeah, I think it's very clear he's an ambitious player. He's somebody who's going to have a great future with club and country. And we're just excited he came on the podcast so we can talk about it, you know, when he gets big. I do want to plug our interview last week with Eric Palmer-Brown. So please, if you haven't listened to that yet, do listen to that. And again, always rate, review, and subscribe. You know how it goes. We don't have a lot of ratings, so I want to see more ratings, everyone. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll be back this time next week with another interview. So I can't tell you who, but it'll be good.